640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. 7.35 on a Wednesday morning. We kick off the month of November, and we love our panel this morning. Here's uh, Stephanie Smythe, broadcaster and leader of broadcasters. Here she is. Good morning. Good morning. Hi there. And uh, Mark Saunders, uh, leader of men and women of law enforcement uh, in the past. He is Mark Saunders. I mentioned that earlier, former police chief of the city of Toronto. Mark, lovely to have you. Good morning, Greg. Mark, the breaking news this morning is Stephanie Smythe ran out of candy last night. <laughs> I found that out. Did you? Did Mark Saunders run out of candy? Was the Saunders house besieged by ghosts and goblins? What happened? No, no besiegement. We're boring. Now that we're in a condo, we just buy a oh. big bag of candy and let someone else take care of that. Yeah, people don't realize that with a condo, uh, a, 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 you know, a, the condo resale is one thing, Mark, but you do save on, on candy you've got to buy on October 31st. People should factor that into the resale price, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Give these hardworking real estate agents a cut. Um, let's start here. Here's Doug Ford yesterday. Um, new relationship with the city. And uh, and for someone that he was quite, quite stern on not becoming mayor, there's some kind of softening or is it a political strategy? I'll ask you that next. Here's Doug Ford yesterday talking about Olivia Chow, the mayor of Toronto. I had a great meeting, by the way, with uh, Mayor Chow. Uh, what a wonderful person she is. Uh, we share the same values when it comes to speeding up on building homes, uh, making sure that we build infrastructure that's needed, make sure that we build transit. So we, we had an incredible uh, meeting, and I, I, I quite like her. She's uh, quite a nice uh, person, caring person, and we both care for the same thing. That's the people. So we're going to work closely together along with the other 444 municipalities. Okay, Steph, let's start with you. It should be pointed out that was during a news conference at a gas station to announce um, a, a continued reduction of the gas tax provincially where Ford was being, to use Mark's word, besieged with questions about the green belt and MZOs and guests and developers at his daughter's wedding. So he'd, he'd have been happy to talk about whether he preferred his eggs scrambled or poached at that point in time. But I bring that up to note, um, there's something more positive than describing her as an unmitigated disaster if she got elected <laughs> four months later. What's going on with these two? Well, you know, face full, when you're looking at this on face value, it's like, you know, this is classic Doug Ford. He's amiable. He's friendly. You just, you know, as you and Sheba were talking about it earlier, you know, the candy video, it's all classic uh, Doug Ford. I think a lot of it is real from the heart. I think a lot of it is strategy let's let's face it we're talking about his relationship with Olivia Chow this morning no more MZOs MZOs this morning right mm -hmm. so it's it it is all I believe strategic in a way you've got to work with who's there though I mean Olivia Chow was elected um, they've got to find common ground and he's got to do anything he can to take the attention away from the green belt so we're talking now about uploading the Gardner and the DVP which I would have never dreamed would have happened you know back in June when it was first uh, you know, floated by Anna Bilo. Um, you know, he's talking about all these things that, um, you know, are, are shocking. Next, we know where they're going to move the spa to uh, exhibition place. Ford will be okay with that. So. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> somehow that still yeah. seems like it's, uh, it, it's got potential for a policy. Mark, uh, you know the Premier well, but you also said when running for mayor, you finished uh, a strong third in the voting, but you made the point that you've got to have working relationships. There has to be some give and take, some yin and yang. Um, is, is the mayor starting to accomplish something by, uh, by tenderizing that relationship with the Premier? 
Yeah, first, thanks for reminding me that I'm a bridesmaid again, Greg. That's a bri- um, you have a bronze medal. You finished ahead of a lot of other <laughs> candidates, Mark. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Listen, during election campaigns, everyone suspends a, a bit of reality. And so sometimes the words uh, can be a little bit more uh, heated. But at the end of the day, every person in political position has a responsibility for doing whatever is best for the people that they serve. In this case, it's Toronto. And the fact that we've got the province talking with uh, our mayor, that's a good day. And I like that right now, strategically, they both put leverage on um, the federal government, and they're now stepping up to the plate. So, listen, I take my hat off to uh, Mayor Chow. She's uh, getting things uh, moving, uh, waiting to see what my tax is going to be this year. But at the end of the day, a cooperative working environment, we all platformed and said that the city can't do it alone. And here we are. Well, Mark, let's kick that in, because I know that was a concern. You, many other candidates, stood on stages during debates and said, Olivia, you've got to show us what your plan is in terms of taxing. And the concept was she'd have higher property taxes for residents of Toronto than any of the other candidates would have. Can I make the case the relationship could sour quickly if it's far too high a tax rate and it's a big jump to cover Toronto's budget? Well, listen, somehow we've got to claw back on, on, on what our deficit is. And, and um, you know, the revenue streams are issues. And, and listen, the committees are being put together. Uh, it's being done in the right way in the sense that all hands are on deck, all levels of government are on deck. Let's see what the finish line looks like. And uh, right now, uh, things are looking good because people that were not talking are now talking. Steph, you mentioned that about the DVP and the Gardner, that story coming on Friday um, out of the Toronto Star with uh, with David Ryder and uh, and Ben Spur um, digging in and, and suggesting this is a consideration. Like you said, it, it sounded like a pie in the sky idea at first for Anna Bailau, but you know and I know there's other people across Ontario who will say, why should we pay for those are Toronto highways? That's how they deem them. Why should Ontario taxpayers pay for those dollars? So there will be that balancing act for Doug Ford if indeed they take on that upload. Well, yeah, but look, it almost happened with under Kathleen Wynne with uh, John Tory. And then because of that, because of the unpopularity and the concerns for the success of the Liberal government provincially, it was just suddenly ditched. Right. And uh, we're years ahead. Uh, I think Torontonians are are thinking, wait a minute, you know, there's so many people coming into the core uh, from outside. And why should Toronto be paying, you know, what is the wear and tear on those highways? So it, it is a divisive issue. Um, and either way, though, it sure sounds like a great kind of relief for the city of Toronto, just, you know, slightly tackling uh, the financial problems. So it, it looks like a solution if it's going to avoid taxes. I think people might just go for it here in Toronto and everybody else might just have to suck it up. It's Think Tank. That's Stephanie Smythe. Mark Saunders with us as well on 640 Toronto. Let's get to another thing Doug Ford said yesterday about the federal carbon taxes. I mentioned he was doing a news conference at a gas station, but made the point, given there's been a little bit of movement on the carbon tax for rural homeowners or people that heat their homes uh, with oil. Doug Ford said this about the carbon tax on gasoline prices at the pump for all of us. It's completely unfair that they still have to pay the carbon tax, so I'm urging the Prime Minister to play fair, do what's right, and eliminate the tax altogether. 
Okay, so as much, Mark, as Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau have been at news conferences, a lot of them have been about electric vehicle batteries, but there's been a, um, a, you know, a, a thawing, if you will, from their early relationship when Ford first got elected. But there he is putting the pressure on Prime Minister Trudeau, get rid of the carbon tax. Remember, reminder for our listeners, it's 14 cents a liter in Ontario. You'd be paying a buck 41 to fill up this morning per liter instead of a buck 55 without a carbon tax. It might just be political rhetoric. But the federal liberals may only have themselves to blame. They open the door by making some of these allowances and they make other people. Ford's not the only premier to do it, saying, wait a minute, why is it okay for Atlantic Canada or rural homeowners, but not for the rest of us who are struggling? Yeah, so we're starting to see uh, the cracks on the federal end. I mean, the premier Ford has been very consistent on his viewpoints on carbon tax. And, you know, at one point in time, the feds were very consistent on, on their stance on it. Now we fast forward and we, we look at, yeah, we've divided. We've got two different classes of, of who's paying the tax and who isn't. And we're choosing, you know, what fossil fuel should be, um, you know, should be taxed and not. So you have to ask yourself, okay, is this an environmental science uh, discussion or is this a political science discussion? Uh, because now we switched from, you know, environment to affordability. So there is a crack, and it's going to be interesting how this plays out in the in the days and weeks to come. Steph, you've watched uh, po- political parties and politicians start to struggle, start to see the water creep up over their chest, over their shoulders, and soon it's over their head. I wonder if that's the case here with the federal liberals who are so rigid on the importance of the environment, on the importance of the carbon tax. They see dreadful poll numbers, like to the tune of where the conservatives could easily be over 200 seats in the next federal election. Are they sort of swimming for their lives here, making these kind of promises? Well, it, it's it's a slippery slope for sure. I mean, we did see the prime minister come out yesterday and say that they're not going to be offering any more carve outs uh, with this carbon pricing policy beyond, you know, this plan on the home heating oil and stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't understand how we can really do that going forward. You know, it does show favoritism. It does show, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the votes in Atlantic Canada, you know, having some some power, which I guess, you know, that is you know, their MPs are getting what they got with, you know, for them after being elected in Atlantic Canada. But it's like, you know, can you put genie back in the bottle is the question. I don't think this one's over yet. Mm. Um, this story turned my stomach. I didn't see it until last night. Um, was answering doors here and there, but I really was able to dig in and out in the evening yesterday. And for people who don't know about it at Queens University, there's a story in the Toronto star, I think they've got a call to make here uh, about a Friday night party uh, at the on campus where some students allegedly dressed in, quote, Hamas attire and threatened Jewish students at a party. So the university, Queens University is investigating. The Kingston police are investigating as well. Let's go to the former cop. Mark Saunders, give us your expertise on this story, first of all, and tell me what a police officer, what an investigator would be looking for to potentially make an arrest in case uh, in case this is a hate crime or there was a, a potential threat for an assault here. Well, you know, first off, this is a case of every every village has one. And right now, Queens has a couple. You know, you've got to look at what was said, what was done, and in what connotation. But just, just the fact that this is absolutely tasteless, the fact that on October 7th, you know, 1,400 people were just slaughtered, men, women, seniors, babies, 239 hostages right now. Terrorism is not funny in any way, shape, or form. It represents sheer evil. And the fact that in that environment, there is a segment of Jewish community that are just scared and nervous right now, this does not help. And, and first, Queens has to take immediate action. They don't have to worry about, uh, you know, law or not law. All of these things have to be investigated. You have to speak with crown attorneys and, and figure out whether or not charges would be laid. 
But Queens can certainly have a stance when it comes to this, and they should take that appropriate action that's necessary. Steph, how's this story make you feel? We all went to university and probably saw some stuff in the 90s that wouldn't wouldn't work now that might be in poor taste, but students have to have that sensibility for timing and, and poor taste in 2023, or there's a price to pay. Well, yeah, kids do stupid things. We all know that. Um, but this to me is just chilling and it's, it's hate. It's, and when threats are involved, it is obviously serious. I just can't, you know, in, in an environment like that where, you know, it's a learning environment, they should be, you know, incredibly aware of, of the climate right now. And for this kind of thing to happen is just absolutely unacceptable. So to Mark's point, I hope that Queens and police are able to fully investigate this and figure out exactly what happened. And then whatever it is, if it's found to be, you know, what is alleged here, swift and severe in terms of punishment or repercussions for this kind of action. Mark, would the cops in Kingston do their own thing here or would, would this be almost an in-concert effort along with, with Queen's officials? Or who do they does that muddy the water a little bit? Do they just have to keep their own independent investigation as to what happened? No, they'll be independent. The, the police will be will be investigating for criminality, uh, full stop. And when you're dealing with, you know, hate crimes, you do consult. And so they take a little bit longer, uh, but that does not uh, give uh, the Queens the, the, the pause to not do anything. There are things that they can do. There's responsibility that every student that attends any learning institution should be safe, should be comfortable, should not uh, be concerned about harm in any way, shape or form. Okay, there's a little chaos at the uh, TTC and the board. I want to play you uh, something really quick. Jamal Myers is the TTC chair and a Toronto City Councillor. I asked him on Monday's show about a Friday meeting that was a secret. We didn't know about it until later on in the weekend. It was called very hastily. Myers did admit that to us. Here's some of our exchange. What I can say categorically, and I clear this with our lawyers, is that at no time was there any discussion about firing the CEO. And that's so Rick, any, Rick Leary for people listening. Rick Leary. Um, so any discuss anyone discussing that, that was categorically false. I think that rumor was very unfair to the CEO. It was also very unfair to the mayor because she had nothing to do with calling the special meeting. I called the special meeting and it was destabilizing for the employees and the organization. So, you know, looking back on things, you know, communication plan after the meeting could have been better. And I'll wear that mistake. But I uh, just wanted to put that on the record. That at no time was that discussed. Was there a discussion about putting Leary on administrative leave? So can't I can't discuss what we actually okay. discussed. But I can say what we didn't discuss, and then that we it was we never discussed firing the CEO. So that's Jamal Myers on Monday's show. Steph, you know you were involved in Brad Bradford's mayoral campaign. This is, not, and I know so there was a lot of talk about what the TTC needs to be and what it isn't right now. But this is not ideal. If Rick Leary is not the right person to run the TTC, someone should say so. And if he is, you support him. And and if he isn't, you don't. And as for Mayor Chow, if she doesn't know anything about the Friday meeting, I'm not sure that's great. But neither is doing things behind closed doors. We do pay the taxes and salaries of Rick Leary's salary, Mayor Chow's salary, Jamal Meyer's salary. Um, This seems like a bit of a mess right now. Well, clearly there's an HR uh, issue going on here. And when you're dealing with an HR issue, there is 
obviously to be some kind of confidentiality with any kind of employee. You know, according to the Toronto Star, you know, there are, you know, allegations of workplace misconduct against Rick Leary. And I think at a closed door meeting, which they've got to figure it out somehow, some way to deal with this kind of thing. And that's not by going totally public. I mean, I think it's only fair that there's some kind of investigation if that's what's happening now, which is why, you know, we're not fully aware of it because it could be these allegations could amount to absolutely nothing or they could amount to a full on investigation, in which case he might be on leave or suspension. But uh, the fact that the mayor didn't know about it is a little bit surprising when it's, you know, considering Mm -hmm. who they are talking about. But it is, again, essentially an HR issue right now that isn't for the public to consume. And then I, I I would expect that eventually once things were investigated, uh, there would be some kind of communication about that one way or another in terms of the outcome. So I think Mm. it's just, you know, just to be fair, we've got to just let this process happen. But yes, the communications around it were, you know, it's a really touchy subject. That's all I can say. And I think the mayor should have probably been informed. But it's 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 an investigation HR issue that's ongoing right now. Mark, it is a bit of a dance. You talked about the TTC and and to, to Steph's point, it's a business. It just feels like it's a business that's had a lot of bad news stories, safety, violence, efficiency, um, inefficiency, and and we need we need to have confidence in not just the TTC itself getting us from point A to B, but don't you think we need confidence in the people who run it as well? Yeah, it's a business, but it's a public business, and I, I had the luxury of working in that environment. So, you know, being chief reporting to the board, the biggest factor, the most important factor, is there cannot be light between the board and and the CEO or the executive team. And and that's what's happened here. It started out as a special media. Someone ran away with it, called it a secret meeting. And and now here's where the light has been caused to divide even further apart. At at the end of the day, the chair is responsible for that particular sector, in this case, TTC. So I can understand why the mayor would not know. The mayor's got a whole bunch of different things. And at the end of the day, you take care of business, give me the conclusion, not all of the moving parts. However, when it comes to TTC, the biggest issue, especially during a campaign, was funding. You know, I've, yeah. I've worked with Rick Larry before. I've got time for the guy. It's the funding piece. And, you know, in, in Star Trek, when, when, when Scotty kept saying, we don't have enough dilithium crystals, there are none with TTC. And when you look at every weekend, the TTC, the subway, line one or line two, is always shut down. They're trying to play catch up. They're so far behind that they think they're in first place. We have mm-hmm. to make sure it's invested properly, that the chair and the board work with the CEO and the executive team to formulate the right plan that gets transit for the city because we need it so bad. Steph, this may just be about raw numbers. When I'm sure when you talked to John Tory uh, when he was running for re-election, even in the, you know, in the months after he was re-elected before he resigned, he was begging people to come downtown, begging office uh, workers to come back as well. The t- We're seeing this all over North America with major cities. If people come back to, don't come back to workplaces, you can use the TTC Recreational to go to concerts, ballgames, restaurants. It's not going to have the same volume. They won't make the same money. Right. And, you know, which is why we're seeing all the push to get people back downtown in office spaces also. Right. Like it's just, you know, it's a matter of confidence in the system, which still is not there. Right. This has always been a problem. You know, TTC at best has been an issue over the years in terms of reliability and people have confidence in it. And right now, I think. You know, it it still is struggling mm. and it's still it will always be, you know, sort of a, a joke about the reliability or not of the system. And, you know, there's always the safety issues, too, that have been of concern.
All right, there's a new survey. We've got a couple minutes left. There's a new survey, Mark, uh, showing the majority of Canadians support increasing high-density housing. They just don't want it in their backyard. 60% per Polaris Strategic Insights say we support increasing density, but when asked how they'd feel if a triplex came upon their street instead of a single-family home, only one in five said it would be a good thing. Is this at the heart of our problems right now, that there's just a little NIMBY syndrome within all of us? They're like, yeah, housing, build here, but not here where I live. Yeah, listen, we all have NIMBY, and, and it's that political will and the political drive to get it done. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it, the emotion behind it is it's the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to get neighbors where I've got, let's say, a, a mother with three kids that are amazing, or, or, or some dude putting the garbage out in his underwear and, and, and scratching parts that I don't want to be seen <laughs> scratched? So, I'd like to see that, actually. I might watch that every morning uh, from my window, Mark. Why you... did I know you'd say yes to that? Anyway, it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah, Steph. I mean, by the way, it's important to know when we've been university students and our parents drop us off and we're trucking a bunch of stuff into a res. I, I get the, you get the evil eye from those those residents, that nice old couple <laughs> or that couple with the young kids. They're looking at you going, is this John Belusi from Animal House? They're worried about us also. Yeah, well, it, I think Mark's absolutely right. It's this kind of disconnect in public opinion. Like you think, oh, it's a great idea. Let's get a, you know, this is an immediate solution. Let's, and you love the opportunity. Wait a minute. Are you saying that as someone who was lucky enough to be able to purchase a home in the city of Toronto, mm-hmm. I could turn this into a triplex. I could, you know, suddenly you know, make hay on, on this investment. And uh, you think, wow, that's fantastic. And if everybody else decided to do it on the street, I go, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, so it's, good for me, but nobody else should do this. Um, You know, just, but, you know, also the other thing is I was reading about this. It's like, there's parking concerns too. People are really rabid about parking. Have you ever noticed that in the city of Toronto, like in residential areas, if you don't have, if you don't have a driveway that you can park in, like getting street parking and everything, it is, you know, it's a jungle out there. So, you know, it's, it's, there's so many issues that, that come into this. Like, it seems like a great quick solution, but a yeah. lot of layers and a lot of the unknown. A lot of that. And uh, Mark, next week on, uh, on Think Tank, we'll find out what you think a fine should be for taking your garbage out in your underwear. If you're, if you're in the thousand dollar range, I think it, that, that money will go to a good use at the end of the day. That's a jury trial I want to be on. Thank you both for the time today. We loved having you both on. Great to see Thanks, you. Thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Stephanie Smythe, Mark Saunders, they were great today.